Hey everybody, what's going on? Jake Elliott here as you get set to listen to EP number 200 of Lacrosse Classified. I just wanted to jump in here before the intro. Uh, I think this might be the second time I've had to do this before releasing a podcast. Uh, unfortunately, for this episode, and with it being 200, maybe a little extra unfortunate, um, not to make a long story short here or a short story long, but uh, packed up the gear to Edmonton to bring it with me to President's Cup, packed it up to bring it home back to Coquitlam. And somewhere in the travel, my mixer board levels got messed up. They moved. Uh, I forgot to check that. And we just finished recording about an hour and a half of what I think is a, a great program. I hope you guys enjoy it. Unfortunately, the audio is below my standards um still listenable for sure it just won't sound as good as it normally does as good as i wanted it to um but i hope you can endure through it i hope you enjoy it and i promise it will be better next week just a little technical hiccup this week but with that being said we got a great show so i hope you enjoy ep 200 of lacrosse classified It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is a big one. It's episode 200 of Lax Class. Welcome, classmates. Jake Elliott, and back in the co-host chair is one Tino Farah Santino. Welcome back to Lax Class. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Congratulations on uh, on episode 200. This feels like it's a bir- like a really big birthday or like anniversary. So I'm really uh, really excited to be along for the ride. Uh, we have to go to the like farmers market after to celebrate or something. <laughs> oh, that's how we're gonna celebrate. <laughs> I, it's so dumb, man. There's like you like found out like one thing about me that I've been to a couple farmers markets, and now it's like I can't hear the end of no, this. No, I'm not letting that go. Not letting that go. Uh, how was your week, man? Uh, what have you been up to? Because we haven't chatted for a while. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate last week that, uh, at least on my end of things, like the recording didn't really didn't really work out, but I was fired up to see that you were able to get the episode going. With Ooh, yeah. That was, uh, that was something. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, shout out to you and Evan. I could like picture it in my head, like... I, I don't know. I just had this image of you, especially at the end of the episode, you were talking about how like, Hey, like I got to go to bed. And then you guys started like another conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I was imagining you just like sitting on the end of this hotel bed, like Evan, shut yeah, up. I'm I got trying to go to bed. Yeah. That was after calling three games as well. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Shout out to you guys for still finding a way to pump that episode out. Um, as for my week, like, I don't know. I'm really sad that I'm back at my regular job. <laughs> Back to reality. So uh, what? The, the hernia? Off. That's all good, and you're feeling yeah, good. Yeah, it's all good. I just I wish it wasn't. I wish I could have more time <laughs> off. <laughs> eight weeks. It's so hard to go back yeah. after after having eight weeks off. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything that's going on with me. Back right. uh, back in real senior life. senior. Like, you guys make the playoffs or anything? Like what happened there? That didn't really what, uh, senior C. Yeah. 
No, we got knocked off in round one uh, to uh, Tri City. Okay, un- unfortunately, sure but uh, sure. you had a big week last week. Let's sure did. About me. Sure did. Uh, we'll talk about it all coming up. I want to let the people, the classmates here, Tino, know what's coming up on the show today, and we got a big one for you. Uh, we're going to talk President's Cup. We're going to talk Man Cup. We're going to talk report cards. Stallions, of course, are coming up as well. Uh, our lax class locks will surround around the Man Cup as we got to get away from the PLL, man, because we just stink out loud when it comes to betting on the PLL. But I'm hoping now that the odds for the Man Cup are up on Cool Bet. Uh, we'll make the turn here. I'm, I might just go all in this week with the account and see how it, it shakes out. Um, so Stallions, report cards, locks, um, and we got a great guest this week too. We should probably mention that. In the bus, Logan Shuss is coming back on the podcast. Ladner's finest, who helped his pioneers, his hometown pioneers, take home their third President's Cup in their franchise history. I got a funny story to tell about that uh, a little bit later as well. And uh, man, what else can we talk about here? Uh, we got the big focus coming up as well. Where do we begin, Tino? I, I guess we, we got to talk President's Cup off the top here. I've been in Edmonton for the last week or so. Just got back yesterday to a disaster of a house. I've been flying around all day. getting. I had to get over to Extreme Threads, get the, the computer stuff back from the guys who took it back from me, and, and laundry and cat litter, all sorts of stuff going on, Tino. But uh, settling down here on a Monday afternoon to record the pod and, and just kind of thinking back and soaking it all in i don't know how much you, you had a chance to watch the president's cup tino but I, like i don't know what this is probably my fourth or my fifth president's cup i've done and there is nothing like the president's cup in lacrosse like it talking to some of these nllers after they've been through this week in edmonton they just looked at me and were like holy shit jumbo like i I played in Mentos. I played in Man Cups. I played in NLL play. There is nothing like the grind of the week at the Presidents Cup. Eight days, or sorry, seven days. Eight games in those seven days, and you need the full twenty-five man roster to get through this thing. And I think Ladner coming in, who we know were not tested at all whatsoever through the regular season and playoffs in BC. I don't know what they thought coming into it, whether they thought it was going to be an easy time and they were probably going to walk through to the final and you know maybe get a little bit of a test there. But I think they got their eyes open pretty damn quick, game number one, on how difficult it was going to be. And they, they made it through their semifinal with Six Nations. They were down after the first period. And then exploded in the second, kind of pulled away, and, and then cruised to a you know four or five goal victory in the semifinal over Six Nations. And then the other semi, it was interesting because Six Nations and the Miners played on the final day of round robin competition. Both didn't dress anywhere near their best lineup as they wanted to rest some bodies ahead of the semifinal. Both knew they were going to be in it. Who they played was still up for grabs, and... Six Nations ended up beating the Miners, which meant the Miners played the Aguasasne Bucks in the semifinal. And those Bucks shocked the President's Cup as they pulled out a 10-9 victory. They scored with about 40 seconds left to get the one-goal win. And they're off to the final, and the Miners are left looking outside in. 
And I know how devastating it was for all those guys being at home, being one of the favorites. They finished first in the round robin. They only lost one game. And then, boom, it's over for them. And they're playing for bronze instead of gold and silver. But give Aguasasne a lot of credit here, man. You know, a team that didn't have a lot of star power, but a great team there. Go Abrams and goal. They had the Oaks boys, Seth and Russ. Um, They had some nice pieces there. Zach Miller and, and a couple other guys, Hops boys. And they got done. And then you thought, well, did they... Was that it for them? Like, you know, sometimes when you come up with a big upset, is that going to be the pinnacle for them? But they come into the final and, and, you know, people are picking Ladner in a four or five goal walk here in the final. It was anything but. 3-2 after 20. I think it was tied 5-5 after 40. They actually held the lead, did the Bucks in the third period, 6-5. Tyler Pace goes off in the third period with a couple, and then they get the empty netter to win the thing, 8-6. And that was the gold medal game. Ladner wins it. <laughs> and I mentioned a funny story. So, you know, as I normally do in between periods before the game, I'll mill about outside, get a little fresh air, walk around, talk to a few people. Well, Chris Hackle, who is the general manager of the Ladner Pioneers and kind of the guy that spearheaded the roster there in Ladner with some high-profile sponsorships and what have you, um, because, you know, that that roster is, is pretty darn good and it's not playing for free sort of thing, you know. So Hackle, right before the game, says to me, Jumbo, first time in 36 years we got a chance to win this President's Cup. And I looked at him, I said, really? That doesn't really really sound right to me, but I'm like, really? And he's like, yep, first time. We're going to win tonight. It'll be our first win. I said, okay. So, of course, I go on air during the game. Ladner trying to win their first President's Cup in their history. They've been in a few, but they've never won the President's Cup. Say this a couple of times during the broadcast. Might even have said it in the open as well. And when I came out to my phone in the first intermission, it was lit up like a Christmas tree with DMs and Instagram, Facebook messages, tweets, DMs on Twitter, texts. I don't, I don't know how many people got at me, but to tell me that Ladner had not only won the President's Cup once, but they had won it twice in 1998 and 2004. So I end up coming off like an absolute idiot on the air. Have to correct myself. I threw Hackle right back under the bus. And uh, and then I kind of made a running joke of it. Like I kept telling Cody, hey, Cody, did you hear about Ladner? They, they've won the President's Cup twice. Anyway, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, good on the Ladner Pioneers, man. You know, uh, say what you want about the likes of Beers and Pace and Banesh and what have you. A lot of local products on that team that had been Ladner Pioneers for a long, long time and couldn't be happier for all those guys. You know, a bunch of Warriors, Goodwin, Bouquet, Barker, a bunch of of Warriors on that team, a bunch of Coquitlam boys I got a lot of respect for. Benny, of course, you know, he's he's a good friend. And it was great to see them pull it out. Again, I want to give the Bucs a lot of credit for for hanging in and, and giving the Pioneers a heck of a game. But at the end of the day, it was the Ladner Pioneers led by... One Alexis, but my th- voice is a little little raspy. If you haven't been able to tell, Tina, fourteen games in twenty or twenty five. I don't even know what it is. Fourteen games in seven days. I think I did over the course of it, something like that. Anyways, uh, Alexis Bouquet um, played. I think one or maybe two games in the round robin, and it was Eric Penny. You know, it's been his net all season long there for Ladner Bouquet. A late pickup along with Goodwin from North Shore just before heading back to the Prezi. A couple nice pickups, I might say. 
But Penny did not bring his best in the semifinal, got pulled um, when they were down a couple in that game. Bouquet comes in, and that's when the tables turn for the Pioneers. And there was really no choice but to go back to Bouquet for the final, which they did. And, man, with a wooden stick and a bit of a smaller goal for Bouquet, the man is a hard goaltender to score against. And I just hope he can take it to the next level come NLL season, make those minor adjustments that he needs to to learn how to play with the smaller stick and slightly bigger net. But I think he's going to come away from this with a ton of confidence. And like I said, you know, Eric Penny probably pretty disappointed that he didn't get the nod in the final. But this is what I'm talking about when it takes all 25 guys on your roster to win the President's Cup. And that's part about being a good teammate, which Eric Penny is. He was just as happy for for Bouquet and his teammates as he was for himself. And, you know, all those guys that didn't get to play in the semi or the final, they were wearing their jerseys out for the celebration, taking pictures and all the rest of it. But I think the picture of the week had to go to one Logan Shas who posted up on his Instagram. I don't know if you saw it, Tino, but he had pictures from 1998 when his dad was the coach of the team when they won the first President's Cup. Then flash forward to 04 where guys like Derek Morrell, who's part of the management, Ross Frelick, who's now the head coach, were players on that team the last time they won. And then there's Logan Schuss with the cup over his head right beside Eddie the Eagle in 2022 with another presence cup here for Ladner. And, you know, the Ladner Pioneers are a very proud franchise that have a long history, obviously, with lacrosse. And it really kind of starts with Eddie Schuss. And when Logan decided, hey, I'm going to go back to my hometown and try and win a President's Cup here for Ladner and my dad, it pissed some people off in the U.S., obviously. But then it was kind of the domino effect. It was like, oh, like, okay, Schuss is there. Oh, they got Benny and the old hair wires. And then... They started just kind of piecing this thing together and more players started to follow Pace and Cornwall and Caputo and the list goes on. I think they had upwards of about 14, 15 pros on that team. And listen, for the people out there bitching about how senior B shouldn't be pro players, they should be playing senior A, pro players shouldn't be playing senior A either. But again, I go back to it. Chris Hackle and Ross Frelick went out and did the work, acquired the sponsorship and the money to go out and get these players to come and play for their team, which every other single team across the country in Senior B is able and willing to do if somebody wants to do the work. Now, some teams, like the Six Nations Rivermen, that's not what they're about. They play for the community. Nobody gets paid. Excuse me, this is going to be a reoccurring theme, folks, this week, so bear with me. But some teams don't buy into that, right? The Capital Capital Region Axemen, they didn't have any... You know, they had Nolan Clayton in their goal. I'm pretty sure he wasn't making anything to come to the President's Cup. But you can do this, and this is what Ladner did. And even with all of that and all those guys on their roster, they still barely won this tournament. That's how tough it is to win the President's Cup. What a week in Edmonton, Alberta. I Again, I feel bad for the Miners, especially Jordan Cornfield, who kind of helped organize all this thing. And I can't think of the financial investment that he had to come up short not get in the final has to be heartbreaking but just a class a person and organization there for the miners that put on a fantastic week in edmonton at bill hunter arena where by the way tino the minto cup will be played in 2023 
So shout out to the miners and, and, and Jordan and the whole Cornfield family and everybody associated with that organization. To the Bucks who came second. To the Rivermen who beat the miners for a second time to come third. And the Ladner Pioneers who win their third President's Cup in their franchise history right here in 2022. Okay, so take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a long, that was a long <laughs> spiel right there. No, no worries. I'm just t- just take your breath where you can get right, it. I'm gonna have some coffee. Is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously, like a, a lot to to kind of touch on there. First of all, like I'm I'm really happy for the guys on the pioneer on the pioneers, and I'll say as well, like I got to call one of their games earlier in the year in the regular season when they played Poco. And when I was when I kept hearing all the names that were going to go play for Ladner this year, I was kind of thinking in my head like. Okay, these are a bunch of professionals, obviously like the best of the best locally. They're probably going to like, it's not really going to look like they're trying that hard. Realistically, that's kind of what my thought was going into the game that I called. And then watching them like you, you see immediately why these guys are the best of the best and the difference between them and a traditional like senior B player because some of the times like there were situations like in that specific Ladner versus Poco game like I think Shus had like seven points and like it looked like he was just like playing like schoolyard ball like he was just like having fun out there but then like you see like some defenders like Owen Barker was legitimately going at guys like he had that extra level of intensity that a lot of people just can't get to yeah he doesn't know how to play any other way quite frankly yeah no kidding but I'm I'm happy to see in watching a bunch of the highlights that were being posted on Twitter and stuff, how like the, the genuine happiness that these guys on Ladner had when they were scoring goals and ultimately winning a championship. Like it, it tells me that, you know, they weren't just here to collect a paycheck and play something that they would be considered, that would be considered easy ball for them because they're pros. Yeah. A, I think this is probably a little bit tougher than they were, that some of them were anticipating, but B like it made them earn it. Like they, they didn't experience a loss all season and then they finally get handed a loss and then they get handed a, a tie Yeah, and they kind of have to get through some of that adversity to be able to win the cup. Like I'm not going out with a buzzer beater as well. Like they yeah. scoring with two seconds to go. Yeah. Yeah. My, my other thought in that entire, uh, like in your, in your run there was I feel really bad for John Lentz. Yeah. Oh, um, what a tough, coming right tough. off that mental loss in the yeah. way that that happened, you know, like the penalty shot. Like, I obviously didn't get an opportunity to talk with you guys about it last week, but yeah. like, oh my God, what a game and what a devastating way to go down. Yeah. And then goes straight into the President's Cup with a minors team that is kind of rolling. Yeah. And they come up short. So I, I feel I feel really bad for John Lentz. Um, but, you know, like kudos to you and everybody that was involved with the President's Cup. Shout out to uh, to Ladner and yeah, Logan Shaw specifically. Like those pictures he was putting up with him and his dad, unreal. Just so good. Like yeah. th- that's what you play for. Yeah, like, Ryan Ryan Keith, the captain who's been there forever. You know, a brand new baby out on the turf, taking pictures with that and the cup and all the rest of it. And and man, oh man, just uh, like I said, it's there's nothing else like it in lacrosse, the President's Cup, and it's one of my favorite tournaments to call. Shout out to to Muhammad Joma and of course uh, voice of the rush, Cody Jansen, who was riding shotgun with me all week long. He did a great job. It was fun calling games with both of those guys. HN Live uh, for putting on all the webcasts. 
podcasts. Uh, great company to work for. I think it actually might pan out into some future work, Tino. This is how it works, man. Uh, they asked me if I ever done hockey. Well, I was working there a game in. I said, yeah. So I think uh, they got a tournament coming to Abbotsford that they're doing that I might uh, slide into the chair for. So I'll look forward to that. And listen, this is how I know I think I've made it, Tino. Uh, 22 years into my broadcasting career here, this week was the first time that I had ever been accused of not being a BC homer. I got called out for not being enough pro BC. Can you, Whoa. Can you believe this? Guys what were, the hell? I don't know. Guys were texting Hackle and saying, oh, did you know Jumbo's telling telling people that bouquet's pads are illegal and carry sticks too long? And, and so he gets, he's like, what are you doing, man? Like, I'm like, I'm doing my job, Chris. <laughs> I don't care where I live when I go to call a tournament. I don't care where the team's from or who's playing on the team. I go there and I do my job. So, um, you know, long, many times I have been called a, a homer for being pro BC and bias this and all that. But I got called out the other way here from the team from BC saying I wasn't being pro BC enough. So I, I think that's when you know you've kind of made it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. It's like I, I guess you got to play the villain at some point. So it must be nice to see what it looks like from the other side. I not believe it. Anyway, so there you go. That was your, your President's Cup recap, which means there's just one more summer box lacrosse championship to come, which gets going Friday from the Borough, the Mem Center, which is going to be packed to the rafters for the Man Cup, Peterborough Lakers, Langley Thunder. We're going to talk about that coming up in Lax Class Locks. By the way, Facebook Live tomorrow. Well, be tonight when this podcast on Tuesday night, I want to say 6 o'clock, Facebook Live. I'm going to have Dane Doby, Curtis Dixon, Robert Church, Reese Callies. And Connor Robinson, did I say Connor Robinson? I don't know, four or five of them going to join me on Facebook Live for an hour or so just prior to them heading back to Peterborough for the Man Cup. So that'll be a lot of fun tonight. So look forward to that. And uh, we're going to be talking Man Cup here for the next week or so on the pod as well. But uh, with all that being said, Tina, we have not even got to the big focus yet. Let's do it. Big focus time. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Da, 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 big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Big focus. Focus. Big focus. <laughs> big focus. Right there. Big focus this week, Tino. The end. Lots of stuff still going on in the world of lacrosse. The NLL entry draft is upon us. September the 10th. News coming out. I mentioned last week I didn't want to get a whack on the PP. Uh, so I didn't mention it. Uh, we're still printing the T-shirts, though. Evan, did you see Evan just gloss over that? I, I went at yeah. it like three times. He, he wasn't just, having any no, of it. No, he didn't want to talk about the whack on the PP. <laughs> uh, anyways, the TSN boys there, Patty Gregoire and Teddy Jenner, will be carrying the first round live for you on TSN, along with DK and, and Ashley Docking, which we'll look forward to. But Vancouver picking in the three hole. We had Dan Richardson on a couple of weeks ago, said they're going to pick the best player available, even if he's going back to school or not. We'll see if he hangs on to that draft pick, maybe a trade before the draft. Who knows, Tino? But uh, with that being said, the, the boys at the Flash website did a nice job kind of spotlighting some top 
forwards and some top D guys uh, ahead of the un upcoming draft. So I don't know. We can take a look at these guys and maybe we'll keep it Western focused a little bit since we're BC biased here on the podcast. Right, Steve Dietrich? I know you're agreeing with me. Uh, this guy is not from the West, but he played in the West last season with the Coquilla Madnax in Dylan Watson. Little Whip, son of Bob Watson. He's a shooter, though. Tino Lefty, this guy can snipe. He's won a Minto Cup, played for Orangeville in junior, playing for Coquilliman Senior. Speed guy, nice piece to get here. Into your stable, Dylan Watson. Where do you think he might land? It's, yeah, it's hard to say specifically where he might land because I don't like when we were talking to Dan the last episode that I was on, and he's saying like we're taking we're taking best available. We're not picking based on position. Like we're we're picking on on the best available player. It's it's hard to know what these GMs are like classifying as like who they think best player available is. And I and I haven't seen any specific draft boards that say what the consensus number one, two, three, and so on is. But Dylan Watson, like I got to watch him a lot in this past year. I, I watched him play some XLL uh back in those days and then watched him a ton for Coquillum this year. Yeah, like he doesn't play like he's a WLA rookie. No. Like he he was out there in almost every offensive situation that you could imagine. Like if they need a goal late, if they, they, they got an empty net, they're trying to go for the win. They're on the power play, like whatever this kid can rip. He's got hands to get in tight. I think his outside shot is kind of, I would say like his strongest piece, but that's not at all saying like he's limited to the outside. He's, he's shifty and tight. Like I think if wherever he lands, I think he's got a, right career ahead of him. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Somebody's going to be happy getting Dylan Watson in the draft. Uh, some other top names. <clears throat> Did I mention this is going to be a reoccurring thing? <laughs> Thomas McConvey out of Mimico. Um, who else we got? Alex Simmons out of Denver and Coburg. Tyler Kurtz out of Coburg as well. He goes to Delaware. So like we talked about, a lot of these you know, top six, eight players are probably going to return to school, but I think the talent is high enough where you have to pick him, even though you're not going to get him for a year. And I think this is the last kind of COVID year where the eligibility and all that sort of stuff is still in play here. So hopefully that kind of straightens out as we move along. But Jason Knox, uh, Burlington, he was right there in the OJ playoffs as well. Austin Hazen, uh, son of Mike Hazen. And, you know, he was with Brampton in the Minto Cup in 2018. He now plays for uh, Brampton Senior. And... Uh, couple more Western boys here. Tagger Clark, who spent the year out in Nanaimo, of course, son of Glenn Clark. And I know he opened a lot of people's eyes this summer with the team in. Austin Madronich out of Nanaimo, Victoria Juniors as well. A lot of good talent here. Uh, here's an interesting guy in Dale Sandate McCumber. Also a member of the Nanaimo Timberman. Left-handed offensive guy and... I'm interested to see where McCumber ends up because this guy is an absolute spark plug and he can kind of be a bit streaky as well, but I really like the game here of McCumber and I think he's going to go pretty high. Yeah. And a guy that's on the list as well that I've been really high on in this, this past season a lot was Braden lady. Mm. Um, that's another guy that was playing in Poco for the first half of the year. I ended up getting moved over to Victoria and helped them on there. Uh, unfortunately for them, their short lived Minto run, but that's another guy that I'm not necessarily going to say that he's to the level of like a Bowering or a Courier, but he plays that similar style where he has that 
that tenaciousness when he's going for loose balls and he can play O or D or specifically transition. He's going to be on loose ball crew and watching him play in or with a really like frustrated Poco team this past year, you could see him like he was already well above the rest on that roster, but when things weren't going well, it was like he elevated his game almost due to frustration. Like you would, you would see him like run with anger, almost like his, his speed was a little bit more. He was going harder for loose balls, like bumping bodies and stuff. So brain lady is another guy that I think should be high on certain teams lists. And I think he's going to be maybe not an immediate addition to an NLL team, but eventually when he does make one, if not right away, I think he's going to be in an impact player. And I think he's going to fit in a similar role as a Bowering or a career. A lot of people high on Will Johansson out in Nanaimo as well. Of course, he got the former captain of the Orangeville Northman, Zach Deacon, Jerry Stotts in there. Um, So lots of good talent on both ends of the floor here to be drafted. September 10th, TSN.ca, ESPN Plus as well. They'll carry the first round. And then I think they're doing social media updates for the second to the sixth, which is okay by me because I remember the first time they went live with the entire draft. And what did it take, like four and a half, five hours, something like that to get through all six rounds when they tried to go with the live broadcast. So that'll be a shorter night for for those guys going down in Toronto on the 10th. Look forward to that and can't wait to see who the Vancouver Warriors pick at number three. Going to be fun. So there is the big focus. And as we know, Tino, oh, by the way, Logan just texted me and said, hey, totally dropped the ball and forgot the podcast maybe because i was out all night but i'm on a boat right now it may be loud can we reschedule i said not a chance you're coming on i don't care if it's loud and if you're all hung over and not logan join the podcast here and uh, we may have a little atmosphere for our chat with logan shuss here coming up but before that tina we're running out of time we got to get to the stampede stable <laughs> I can't believe your voice can handle that right now. (laughs) Come on, give me one more, one more. There you go. We've reached the Stampede Tack in Western Wear Stables. And as you know, Stampede Tack has been with us since day number one here on the podcast. Kevin Michael Winkler out there in Cloverdale. Since 1966, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Boots, hats, belts, buckles, you name it, jeans. They got it all. And Kevin said, you know what? This week, I just want to send out a best of luck to both the Peterborough Lakers and Langley Thunder, who will compete for the Man Cup here starting on Friday because Kevin's a big Langley Thunder supporter. He was there. In 2013, when I was coaching the junior team, the guy has never left. He's at every single Thunder game, junior or senior, at the LEC every night, working the clock or what have you. Uh, But let's not kid ourselves. Kevin's going for the Thunder, so screw the Lakers here. Kevin is wishing the Langley Thunder the best of luck at the Man Cup. Whether he wants to be politically correct or not, I'm going to do it for him. Thunder up, says Kevin Michael Winkler. And he and uh, his lovely wife, Naja, are actually heading back to the Man Cup to watch it in Peterborough. So enjoy the trip there, Michael Winklers. And uh, go Thunder, as far as he's concerned. Stampede Stallions of the Week, Tino. Who you got? 
Okay, so I do have a backup option because I have a feeling that you might uh, you might veto this one, but we're just going to see what happens. Anyway. Okay. So if you do decide to veto of it, you know, I have an option. Um, my stallion of the week is going to go to Mr. Jake Elliott because <laughs> obviously this is episode 200 of, La- of Lacrosse Classified. Oh, what a journey you've been on, but not even just because of that. Last week, yeah. for the people that don't have like a behind the scenes look we were supposed to uh record it was going to be a later one because i'm back at work i have a regular schedule again the audio wasn't really working out because of the internet uh the internet connection in in your hotel yeah so it was like you know like tough we we can't do it and i i remember saying i don't know if the message got through to you because like the lag was so brutal but i was like you know like whatever man don't be too hard on yourself like you can miss one week if you want to. And like the look, I don't know, maybe your screen was frozen, but the look on your face was <laughs> like, you looked like a hurt child. Uh, and, but so I go to bed, like whatever. I wake up the next morning for work. I look at my phone and there's text messages from you saying like, Hey, is it too late? Like we got to go or again or whatever. Yeah. And I obviously I had just woken up. So to, to see the dedication that you have to the lacrosse community and also this podcast to be able to pump out 200 episodes to be that dedicated where you won't even miss a week when you have the worst internet connections and shout out to Evan for hopping on, obviously yeah. pretty last minute. Moments as well. notice, yeah. That's uh that's pretty incredible. So my stallion of the week is, is Jim oh, so congratulations on 200 episodes. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. And last week was just like a prime example of the dedication. Oh, you, you surprised me with that one, Tino. I, I knew it. I, <laughs> I'm not vetoing it. Not a chance. I'm going into the stable with those other studs in there as well. So I appreciate that, man. And, uh, yeah, you know what? Touring around Edmonton there at Bill Hunter, I got a chance to to meet a bunch of people that I know listen to the podcast who came up. And, you know, even when I was, like, having a conversation with somebody, a player would walk by and kind of go, I recognize that voice. Are you the podcast guy? And I'll be like, yeah, you know, that's me. So, uh, you know, I had a chance to meet uh, my boy Trevor and uh, and got to sign, sign uh, his son's helmet. Uh, who you got weekly winner? Stu Job was patrolling around the arena and uh, had a good chat with him and a bunch of people, though. So I appreciate that, man. And, uh, yeah, that was that was a tough – like, it was, it was just such a big week of lacrosse. I didn't want to miss that week, you know, like the Minto wrapped up, the presence was going on, the Man Cup was about to start. And I was just like, I was like, of all weeks, I cannot miss this week. So we figured it out. We got it done. Appreciate uh, that little shout out. My stallion of the week is going to a guy that has played in 13 President's Cups. And it would have been 15 for this guy had he not played in two man cups in those years that he didn't play at the President's Cup. In one, Captain of the Snake Island Muskies. Find me a better name in lacrosse than that, Tino. You can't. In the legend himself, Joe Hall. Joe Hall, Captain of the Muskies, 13 President's Cup. He was still out there wheeling and dealing every single game. And uh, this guy is an absolute legend, Tino. And if you've never met Joe Hall, do yourself a favor and make a point of doing it because I don't know how high the beauty scale goes, but this guy is off <laughs> the charts, man. I'm telling you, this guy is is where it's at. And nobody does it better than Joe Hall. And at the end of it all, Tino, the man 
like he is the son of Mitchell Stickmakers, like the the actual guy in Aguasasni that makes Mitchell Brothers sticks. Joe Hall is the son, and the first time I was there for the Survivor's Cup, I bought a stick off of Mitchell, and then I convinced Joe, while he was rather intoxicated, to uh, give me his game stick before I left, which he did. And then I hit him up again. You know, I, I'm coaching the, the U16 NAG team. And I said, Joe, it would be an absolute thrill for these kids to get a pair of gloves or a helmet or a stick or something from the legend Joe Hall from Aquasosny if, uh, if he could hook me up. He gave it all. Shirt, shorts, jersey, helmet, gloves, gamer. He just, here, Jumbo, take it. Um, so that's not the reason he's going into the stable, but that's just a little bit about the guy, Joe Hall. Captain of the Muskies. Go Muskies. Snake Island. Joe Hall, you're going in the Stampede Tack and Western Wear stable as this week's Stallion of the Week. How about Joe Hall? Wow. What a, what a roster going in this week. Jumbo and Jake Hall. And I was Joe, Hall. Well. Joe Hall. Tito, sorry, Joe Hall. Me. Sorry. I, Thank you. Jake, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, though, like when you said he's played, he would have played in 15. Man, like. Some people don't even play like minor lacrosse for like 13 or 15 yeah. years. To, Never mind to, going to the Prezi every single year, man. That's wild. I, I'm sure like <laughs> it's like, got to be a record. Shout out, it's got to be. Shout out record. to his family as well cuz yeah. obviously they have everyone has to make sacrifices but uh wow, that's uh that's incredible. 13 13 years. There you go. So there uh Joe Hall and I, I guess myself. <laughs> Welcome to the stable this week. You are this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week. Hopefully we can get Logan Schuss on the podcast next. Oh, he just showed up. He's on a boat, and he's next here on Lax Glass EP200, period two, coming up next. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Logan Schuss. You're listening to Last Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into the second period of play. Brought to you by Associated Labels and Packaging. Labels, packages, they are your people. They're best in the business. Over 40 years of experience. Make your product fit and look better with Associated Labels and Packaging. AssociatedLP.com. Do it. Uh, Back on the podcast here, back on Lax Class, it's Logan Schuss, who is now a President's Cup champion with the Ladner Pioneers. He's out on a boat. He's heading fishing out there, uh, probably up the slough in Steveston. Logie, welcome to Lax Class once again, and congratulations, man. How's it going? Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, it's still, you know, just kind of still celebrating here, getting out in the water, hopefully catch a couple uh, salmon here to, to keep the celebration alive. It is the season, right? Uh, I know my, my buddy there, Randy Clough at Extreme Threads, was all worked up that he was missing the opening of salmon season because like right where you kind of are right now the mouth of the Fraser there I don't know if you're on the the upper or the south or whatever they call it, the arm there 
where the fish just surge up through through the river there and it's it's i mean it's like shooting fish in a barrel to for lack of a better term yeah you're guaranteed you're coming up with a couple of salmon here today yeah it's pretty much uh bang on what you said there when you're uh, we're just heading out out of the um the river here and entering into the ocean and um that's where they all like to kind of kind of like to just stay and um yeah, it's just it's crazy out here. It's like four hundred boats. Like you're, you're gonna be on your gonna be on your game because it's like you could be uh, getting tangled up with a lot of guys. So yeah. I'm, I'm not that big of a uh, I'm not a huge guide fisherman. I got uh, my buddy here, Matt Keith. He's uh, gonna put me on some fish. All right. Well, so. make sure make sure you're wearing your life jacket there as well. Stay safe. We won't keep you <laughs> long, so you can hook a couple. But uh, take me back, man. Uh, a week there in in Edmonton with the Pioneers and. Listen, you guys had an easy time of things through the regular season and through the playoffs, and I'm pretty sure you guys knew it was kind of going to be that way. But with that being said, did you really kind of realize how difficult it was going to be once you got to the President's Cup? Yeah, I mean, you said seven days. It felt more like 45 days, to be honest. We uh, we just, one of the guys in our group chat today even said he woke up this morning. He thought he was still in Edmonton. <laughs> Um, it's, who was uh, it? it was who, said, who said that? I want to know. It was Harry <laughs> oh, Wires, wasn't goalie, it? Uh, okay. No, no. Hilsey, our, our third uh, third string goalie there. Maybe that was just because we had a, a good night at the Roxy. But no, like you said, seven days, uh, eight games. What a battle. I didn't even, you know, I played six games. I, I needed the rest. I, I got pretty banged up in the tournament. Um, you know, by that last and final game, everyone was kind of, you know, you looked around the room and guys had this taped up and, this taped up and you know whatever they can do to kind of play that final game but um like you said we like we had a bit of a an easy schedule in the the regular season of course and um you know we knew going into it is going to be a crazy crazy tournament where you did have to have 26 or 25 guys uh ready to play at all times and you know we we had to use our entire bench it was uh you know it wasn't just like the top scorers and and top d guys that kind of got it done for us it was the you know the guys who were you know, filling water bottles or swinging a gate or even getting their one or two games in and making a difference. So it was a full team effort. Yeah. And you mentioned you're, you're pretty banged up. You took a real heavy check into the boards and I saw you after the game, you had an ice pack up on your neck and you were like, Oh my God, I've never been hit like that. But Tino, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Logan got in a scrap in the president's cup as well. (laughs) He took on maybe the biggest guy in the tournament in Duff, uh, what I get, I get like I get like I applaud you for it, Logan, because you're kind of stepping up for a teammate that was getting worked over a little bit. But what was going through your brain when you're like, "All right, I'm doing this," and you drop your mitts with with Duff? Like, not many guys are doing that of of sane mind. What what were you thinking there? Yeah, I don't think I was thinking very much to be honest. <laughs> I, uh, and I was just it was pretty much at the end of a shift, and I was already gas, and I saw. Finish over there getting worked over, and I'm like, all right, well, he's he's an old guy, he's a dad, he uh, he can't be taken out of you. So I had to go over there, and all I wanted to do was just give Duff the old little belly bump and get him out of there, and then be on my way. But then I turned around, my helmet's on the ground. I was like, okay, well, it's go time. So and you, the you were swinging for the fences, man. You weren't like you know trying to just kind of tie up or anything. You were chucking. You took a few. You landed one, and then you guys hit the ground, and things got a little squirrely after that. Yeah, I think that's all I know how to do is just, you know, <laughs> spray them. Ask, ask Justin Salt. Ask Justin yeah. Salt, right? 
Yeah, that's all my my only game plan is hey, just I'm gonna soak a few, but hopefully I land one of these bombs and it's uh and it's over. Short and sweet fight. But um, what's even funnier is that my my girlfriend's from St. Albert. Um, she was there with uh like five or six of her cousins and aunts, uncles, her mom. Some people I've never met in my my time dating her yet. So, and they were right sitting in that corner, about five feet from where I was fighting. So, it was. Uh, this is my welcome. boyfriend Logan, uh, mom. <laughs> yeah, he was he was Logan. She turned on. It's like, yeah, he never does that. But when I was uh, heated in the lobby there, I got, I think it was some of my blood, some of dust blood all over my face and my hands and stuff. And I'm just go up there. <laughs> I sit down beside. Tarps her. off too. That was like the ultimate power move after the scrap all bloodied up. And Logan just walks right up into the crowd, no tarp on and just sits down and watches <laughs> the rest of the game. Unbelievable. Yeah. I had to, uh, you know, I had to go meet the family there and say what's up and cool down a bit. Wow. What a, what a first impression. Um, so you've documented now on social media, kind of the, the emotional importance of winning the president's cup. Can you just speak to how, like how much this trophy means to you and your family? Yeah. You know, growing up in, in Ladner, um, especially in lacrosse and like senior B is all we had, like the pioneers were, you know, what every kid looked up to and every kid on a Thursday night went to Ladner arena was either the ball boy or, you know, on the floor in intermission time and, and looked up to, all these uh, like local lacrosse guys, and it was like that until I was probably about 14, 15 ish, and uh, we started kind of going to watch WLA games and, and kind of know uh, there was other lacrosse outside of just Ladner Senior B and, and, and whatnot of uh, Senior A caliber. So, and to, to be a ball boy back in 1998, I, I put a couple of funny pictures up online that my mom dug up from the uh, what the a dumpy little kid you were, by the way. <laughs> that, uh, Unbelievable. That yeah, that's a pretty. I didn't think it was that bad of a photo until my mom brought it out, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> At least some people think it's cute. Oh, and yeah. then uh, in 2004, as well, being a ball boy uh, with Ryan Keith and that Presidents Cup there in Langley that they won, and um, yeah, just a full circle moment. And and I just remember seeing that cup back when I was seven or eight years old, back in '98, and uh, just seeing how massive it was. And to to pick it up again today, I grabbed it today this morning. It's at our house. And I think it's just heavy. It's, it's a big Because it keeps getting bigger, right? With each champion, they add another rung to it when they need to to put more plaques on it. So it's a trophy that keeps growing over time. Yeah, that, that thing's a historic trophy. And to, to look back and I'll see all the names on it. Like, I was just looking. Uh, in 98, the, was the first thing when Ladner won it. They, they decided to put the names of all the players and staff on the trophy. And then uh, every team from there and out, and out fought, kind of followed suit and I looked at another couple of the rosters, and I think it was the Onondaga team had like all three, uh, four, four Thompson. Yeah, twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah, it was just a ridiculous roster. Black like Cal Crawford's yeah. on there. Yeah, you know, I know some people are upset with the roster that we put, kind of put together, but I mean, if we had one less player, I don't think we would have won that tournament. It's yeah. such a crazy hard tournament with such skilled players on every team, you know, and I think. I think Ford, if uh, if any team is interested in winning a Presidents Cup, they got to bring in some young t- young talent. I think Young is uh, the key <laughs> the to, to winning. Well, a that's I mean that's kind of what got the Bucks into that final too, right? It's it's not so like it's not all skill and and good goaltending, a little bit of luck. You got like you said, you got to have some young legs that can get you through eight games in seven days, and you're you know most guys into their thirties just aren't doing that. Yeah, it's uh, 
like I said, uh, I had to take those two games off just for, you know, they're going to give everyone a rest. And then we kind of were in the semis um, already after we had a good round robin kind of play. So we rested some guys against Snake Island on that final game. And <laughs> it's just funny. There's a couple guys that drew the short stick and, and weren't able to uh, get a rest all term. And like, a, I think it was um, our face-off guy, Patrick Zabo yeah. and Bromley. Those guys are just incredible for us. And that Bromley guy, he's... Underrated. Underrated, Spen- eh? Yeah, crazy underrated. Spencer Brownlee's uh, you know, a smaller player, but he just has a motor, and that guy just gets it done for us every year. I think he's one of our, our top-end players for sure. Yeah, here with Logan Schuss and, and a couple other guys that I want you to touch on that I think made big impacts on, on your roster. Of course, the Vancouver Warrior boys there with, with Goody and, and Barks. And, uh, but how about... Alexis Bouquet, man, who you guys kind of pick up right before you head back to Edmonton and comes in in the semifinal. That's kind of when that game turned around for you. And I don't know if Ross had any other option but to go back to number 50 there to, to start the final. And, man, did Bouquet ever come through clutch for you? Yeah, he, he was incredible. And hopefully that's just the kind of showing of what he can bring this uh, this fall here in wintertime for the NLL, the Warriors, because um, he's a gamer. He's always has been. It's uh, – come alive in big games you know i played with them for many years now in new west and uh now the warriors and, and this past summer just with the president's cup and you know penny played great for us too yeah he, uh, no no yeah absolutely. that one that one game we had against i believe it was six nations in the you only allowed like four the, or something like that yeah and he had some that like play of the the save of the tournament where he just that's stuck right. his glove out. Yeah, that's right. Um, the other guy that, you know, I don't think a lot of people knew coming into this tournament. I did because I coached him back in Langley, and a kid that had just run through a brick wall for you a hundred times in a row is Nathan Hanari, who, like, I just watched this guy ball, and I think to myself, why is this guy not playing in the National Cross League? I feel like his game is so suited for the NLL with the quickness and the tenacity and the aggressiveness that this guy plays with. And I think his stick skills have come a long way in the last few years as well. Tell me about Nate Hanari and what he brings to the Pioneers. Yeah, he just plays that old-school Pioneer ball as, uh, you know, 2022. He's playing like his back in 98. Well, I remember watching some of those games, and it's just he, he doesn't care if the guy's what size he is. He's going to hit him, and he's going to throw his whole body at him. And he's willing to scrap he's willing to you know get in the top areas and even scored a couple of big goals for us so he was unbelievable for us and uh definitely glad to have a guy like that on our team just willing to do whatever it takes to win uh speaking a little bit more to the roster that you guys uh put together i know you mentioned that you know like some people were a little upset with with the stars that you guys were able to bring in but how big of a role like if any at all did you specifically play in in recruiting some of the guys that you ended up getting I think it's, yeah, it was, um, I decided to play, I can't remember the timing, but there was already a few, few guys, uh, had made a commitment to play like Mallory and, um, Irving and Barker and stuff like that. And honestly, it's just, we have such a good friendship outside of lacrosse with these guys. Like Matt, I'd consider Miles one of my close friends and, you know, he's great friends with Irving and Barker. And it was kind of just one of the things like, Hey, like let's, you know, one, two, three guys. Now it's six, seven. And everyone kind of just wanted to, to get a, get a piece of it. And, I think we we have a fun time uh, out here in Ladner as well. We, you know, always barbecuing after practice and having beers. We, we try to make it as fun as possible because we know in the summertime it's not all about, you know, playing lacrosse. We want to have fun and we have golf, little golf tournaments and barbecues at the house. I live with Ryan Keith and Eli McLaughlin, so it's, 
we got a, we got a fun group, and I think guys were just wanting to be around it. You know, we didn't have to beg guys to come out. They they kind of wanted to to be a part of it, which is awesome. How about Cappy, big boy there, Logie? I know he's you know your best buddy, and and you know I, I walked up to him after the game, and I said, I'm not sure if I'm happier for anybody else but you, Ryan Keith, who has put in the hours, has put in the years, has put in the miles for that Pioneers team, and to see him get it done made me real happy because you know he's he's pioneer through and through. Yeah, you know, he actually did, uh, he mentioned that you gave him some nice words and that he uh, got a little emotional and stuff, so he definitely appreciated you coming up to him. And, and yeah, like you said, like he's he's the type of guy that he, he honestly, he could be playing in the WLA for still, and uh, with his size and He's got great hands and, and able to have a great shot, but just having a guy like that big on your offensive end that can move and, and set picks and uh, is, is a smart player, it's definitely valuable to have. And he's another guy that's like, things start going sideways, he, he's the first one out there that's, you know, telling guys he'll yeah. drop the mitts. And, he's got a mean and look on up. his face all the time. Like, he just never looks happy, but you know, he, he is. <laughs> that's, just the Keith, that's the Keith play. That's yeah. him and his dad and his brother. Hey, um... Before I let Tino jump back in, I, I want to make sure I get this in. I know Mama Shuss and, and Granny Shuss were, were probably watching online, but, you know, having your dad there, and I know Carlton showed up later in the week, had to be real special for you. And listen, I, I was watching Eddie all week long, man, and, and like you said, as much as it is the 25 guys on the roster, it's the entire support staff as well. And I spin it back, you know, with Morell and, and Ross now on the coaching staff, and those guys were winning President's Cup back in 04, your dad being the coach back in 98. But there's Eddie, like, filling up coolers and packing jerseys around and backing up the trailer and loading bags in. And he's sweating up a storm before and after the game. And then he's swinging a gate on the bench. But it had to be so special, Logan, to, to have Eddie beside you. And then, you know, the pictures after the game with the, the cop. And that that had to be the, the kind of the, the capper of it all, having your dad beside you that entire week and, and winning with him. Yeah, that's that's another big thing is, you know, going into it, I, I told Ross, I'm like, I want, want Eddie to be a part of it as well. Like, he... He loves, you know, doing anything for the team. And, and like you said, he was just a man on a mission this weekend with filling coolers and, and <laughs> carrying stuff. And washing, he washed the jerseys every night. You know, it was, uh, I was, I was found myself out there trying to lug coolers and lug things because he's, he's not young. He's 63-ish. He's got banged up knees and back and everything from work. So I was trying to do my thing to, to make sure he wasn't sweating too hard. So yeah. it was before, like, the gold medal game. I'm lugging coolers around, and I just trying to make his life a little easier but no he, he did great for us uh just one more for me here logan i, I want to ask you about uh, a guy that you teammates with obviously with the warriors but had to play on the other side uh for the prezi there in keegan ball and he led the entire tournament 55 points in seven games after just having a career year in the nll with the warriors as well can you uh just speak to what it's been like to watch him grow from being a guy that like couldn't really even get a sniff uh, in the pros to a guy that's now become a legitimate star. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's a star. He's he's unbelievable. I just every time I'd look at the stats after one of his games, and it's just like ten points, eleven points, thirteen points. It's like has the team not know like to maybe start checking this guy. It's uh, it's unbelievable. But um, you know, we we had a good talk uh, before the gold medal game when his team was out. He texted me and just after all the big incident that happened with our team stuff, and he just said that, you know, outside of lacrosse, we're 10 years from now, we're still going to be tight. We're good friends. And, um, you know, like our team, we started together as a team in, uh, 
with the Bellies, Sound Bellies, back in like 2013. We were both drafted to the Sound Bellies, so we've uh, been friends for a long time, and, and he's just a great kid. He's, uh, you know, as friendly as it comes and, and loves lacrosse. Like, the kid literally loves lacrosse. Just works his bag off, and he uh, finally got a shot in the NLL, a legitimate shot few years back and he hasn't looked he hasn't taken it for granted he still puts the work in every day uh logan man uh tell chris ackle i'm never gonna believe anything he says again i don't know if you heard about this but he told me ladner had never won a, a president's cup just prior to the game and i just threw myself <laughs> right under a bus uh, on the air and it turns out the funny part about it is i was like i well, i walk up to him after the game i'm like hackle what do you like you guys have won 98 and 04 he goes jumbo i meant i've never won i've never won <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, Classic. I, I, I was. We all watched the uh, the game over as a team last night. Yeah. Uh, just at our place and had some beers and yeah. He, he was like, "I'm getting attacked online." Oh, I can only imagine. Ladner is passionate. Ladner passionate. Yes. Yeah. Check your facts, Elliot. No, yeah, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> um, hey, man. Uh, thanks for doing this. Enjoy the the celebrations that I know will continue on here for the next little while. If I know the Ladner pioneers, uh, catch a couple, Sam. If you come up with an extra, I got a little room in the freezer, man. Thanks for doing this. All right, buddy. No problem. Thanks, guys. There he is, the boss, Logan Shaw, President's Cup champ, man, uh, with the Ladner pioneers. 04-98 and now twenty twenty two. I'm never gonna forget how many President's Cups Ladner has won now, Tina. Know, ever yeah i guess uh if you're ever at like a trivia night and that happens to come yeah, out you're, you'll sure be the will. guy that people oh uh, you know and and the best part about it there for ladner is that they are all watching at local 289 the ladner legion and i thought and i said on the air i said does it get any more canadian than watching lacrosse at a legion on a saturday night and to top it off tino it was meat draw night <laughs> Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. That's get more it. Like that is, you know, drinking maple syrup might be the only other thing you could uh, to do to make it more Canadian. But I'm glad in that that interview kind of confirmed my thought. I I said it earlier in the podcast that I got the impression that you know, like, I was really happy to see how enthusiastic these guys were winning winning the president's cup and how they were, you know, like celebrating after goals and the big celebration afterwards and stuff. I, I'm glad to see that my thoughts are kind of confirmed with Logan talking about how close these guys were and yeah. how much fun they've been having all year. And even saying last night that they like rewatched the broadcast as a team, like at their place, like that's, that's incredible to hear. I'm so happy for those guys. Yeah. And hopefully the celebration. And listen, you know, like on years past, I would bet, Ladner would go to President's Cup, and then maybe if they lost a game early, it would be like, all right, screw it, let's party and, and start drinking early in the week and kind of mail it in the rest of the way. You could tell this Ladner team came to Edmonton with one thing on their mind, and that was to win the championship. And you know they're still celebrating now, but if you want to go back and, and look at uh, some of the highlights, uh, the fights, the hits, the goals, they're all up online. Uh, follow HN Live CA on Twitter. Check out their YouTube page as well. And uh, I'm pretty sure you can go back and watch some of those archive games too if you want to do that. So uh, HN Live CA anywhere on your social media feed is uh, where you'll find all that stuff. Look forward to seeing Logan in just a couple of months from now at Vancouver Warriors training camp. But uh, that's it for the Pioneers this season. And that's it for period number two as well. We got one more to go. Period three, Man Cup, Lax Class Locks, Cool Beck Canada, and of course, our Lax Class Report cards are all coming up. Period three, Evan's back. EP 200. Third period, stick around. 
Hey, this is the voice of the Saskatchewan Rush, Cody Jansen. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. EP 200 into the... Th- 200. Into the third period we go. Uh, I forgot to mention our good friends at Rycor Construction off the top. Rycor Construction, they make it stand out. Check them out. Instagram, Facebook at Rycor Construction, Inc. Website, phone number, email, it's all there. Interior, exterior, renovations, fences, decks, bathrooms, kitchens. They do it all. Rycor Construction, and then when they do it, they make it stand out. Rycor Construction are your people. Uh, back on the podcast here is Evan Schemenauer. Evan, uh, I hope you are keeping safe in the province of Saskatchewan right now. Is got some pretty scary news there yesterday about uh, just some horrific acts of violence and murder and all the rest of it. And I know uh, it was a scary time for a lot of people in that province yesterday. So I hope uh, you and yours are safe. Uh, other than that, how are things going, man? Yeah, it was a it was a rough week because Jane Smith, I've got a lot of friends out there, a lot of former work colleagues, uh, fabulous people. And to hear that, the, of course, the, your mind quickly goes to who is it? You know, are they safe? Luckily, uh, so far as I know, everybody that I know is safe, but I can only imagine what they're going through at this stage. And then, of course, there's another shooting at another First Nation this morning, which the alarm bells went off. So it just gets to the fact of the amount of work that needs to be done. Mental health, reserve man. To get people to an equal standard of living. Yeah. And just to end this nonsense. So yeah, they need yeah. our help, man. They need our help, and um, you know they need they need they need financing. They need mental health um, care. They they just they need everyone's help to, like you said, to get on a level playing field and and live with some human dignity, and and not feel like third fourth class citizens um for the for the keepers of our land so uh hopefully they they figure things out as as we move along here but um what else is going on man what have you been doing there's no lacrosse going on in saskatchewan anymore what what else is going on no i was just taking a, a week to relax for a change it's been a busy time during the summer so uh yeah it's so you've been lazy is what you're telling yeah but you know what <laughs> i i watched all three pll games on saturday uh, of course, my infamous words of Andy Tower proved mm. me wrong. Shove that right down your throat, <laughs> didn't he, Evan? <laughs> but you know what? It's I, I, I saw when they brought out the uh, the fan pick'em poll, and it's two point eight instead of three point two this mm. year that picked Chaos to win. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Something about, something about the Chaos in playoff time. Uh, don't bet against them. I got a I got a text from Challen Rogers' mom. Uh, after she listened to the podcast and says, oh, what do you think about the chaos now? Mm-hmm. So uh, she took advantage of, of giving me a shot right there. So, um, yeah, congrats to the chaos. Uh, water dogs advanced as well. Whip snakes are in there. And who am I missing? Archers beat the Redwoods? Is that right? Yeah. And, uh, and here's the thing. Uh, chaos have never beaten archers ever. Wow. By the way, uh, just for anybody listening to this that may have been steered down the wrong path. Jeff Teat is not playing in the man cup for the Langley thunder. <laughs> Can we just 
people are freaking out over this, thinking it's true. It's anything but. It's, you know, one guy being a troll on Twitter trying to get a reaction, which he's obviously accomplished. I don't know why he'd want to do something like that. But anyways, Jeff Tate will not be in a Langley Thunder uniform for the Man Cup, just so we're all clear on that. But could, is there anybody else that got eliminated this week? Well, could be. Trey LeClaire, I think, is the only Langley Thunder property that is uh, still in the PLL. But he's got another game to play. So I don't mm-hmm. think he's eligible. I don't know if Peterborough's got Withers on, on the Water Dogs. But he's still playing. So, But apparently, uh, anybody that you own the rights to. Yeah. You can, man you can cup. anything goes for the man cup. Your so, roster gets expanded out to like 30 or something like that. And, and yeah, I mean, if he's your protect, if man cup is completely different than playoffs and, and regular season when it comes to that sort of stuff. So there may be a surprise or two come uh, game one or two coming up here in the man cup. We'll have to wait and see, but before we get to that, uh, what are we doing here? We're doing lax class locks first. Ready? Here we go. Lax class locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Money, money, money. Quebec, Canada. Quebec.com. If you're new to the pod or if you've been sitting on the fence, like I say every week, I do not know what you're waiting for. If you don't like free money, then maybe turn off the podcast here for the next little bit. But if you do like free money, welcome to the club and go to Quebec.com. Stay cool and bet responsibly. But when you sign up, for the first time at Coolbet, takes a couple of minutes, get your name, your email, all that sort of stuff, before you deposit anything into your bank account. Put in the bonus code LAXCLASS, and Coolbet will match you up to $200. Pretty simple stuff here. If you want to keep it small and only, you know, put a buck or two on each bet, that's fine. You can put in 40 bucks and they'll match your 40 bucks. You can put in 100 bucks and they'll match your 100 bucks. But you can put in up to 200 bucks. One click of the button with the bonus code LAXCLASS and suddenly your account will have $400 in it. That's free money that you can do with however you please. You don't have to just bet on lacrosse, tennis going on, US Open, golf, UFC, PLL is there as well. All sorts of things to have a little fun on Cool Bet with. So you might as well get free money. Put in the bonus called Lax Class, and uh, they'll top you up. So, as I mentioned off the top here, guys, Cool Bet, we got Man Cup odds here on the website. How good is this? I've been starving for box lacrosse, and it's back here on Cool Bet. Man Cup odds, and we have ourselves a parlay for you. And... We have been on some kind of cold streak here, boys. Like, it has been an absolute train wreck. I I don't know how else to describe it, but that's field lacrosse. And I, you know, like, that's understandable to me. But now we're back in the wheelhouse here, and it's go time. I might just empty the account out on this one bet this week and recoup it all. 
because I'm feeling that good about it here. Let's the $10 lay out. you have left? No, I, well, it's, getting, it's, it's getting close. It's getting close. But let's lay it out here on the podcast. It's Lacrosse Classified Parlay. Now, once you're signed up, you put your bonus code in, you get your free money, go in that search bar, type in Lacrosse Classified. The parlay will show up. All you got to do is click on the button and then decide how much you how much money you want to make. That's as simple as that. So here we go, Evan. Your your pick for the three parlay man cup style right now. Well, since you guys both have game one picks, I had to go to game two, mm. and you don't bet against the empire, so I have Peterborough winning game two on the money line. And that is what kind of odds for that? Minus one twenty two is what okay. is the game one. The game two isn't up yet. Okay, so you're going to pick game two. Uh, I am going. I think if Langley Thunder is going to put themselves in the conversation here and try and win this man cup for the first time in 36 years back east for a western team 1986 is the last time this has happened oh by the way peterborough has hosted 10 man cups in their history tino evan they're 10 for 10 Mm -hmm. wow they have not lost a man cup on there this could be the year though however with this langley thunder team coming in but I think if Langley is going to put themselves in this series, they're going to have to win a game early, and I think they win game one. And I'm getting a little bonus with it, too, because I'm getting a goal and a half to the good. Langley Thunder, game one, plus 1.5. Book it. Tino, what do you got? You know, we're sticking with the overrun. This week, specifically, or this game, game one, we're going with the under. It's set at 21 and a half. Take the under, folks. Listen to me. I'm the only one that wins these bets. Listen to me here. Come on. (laughs) You can't even say it with a straight face. You just jinxed yourself. Shut up, Evan. No, I didn't. (laughs) So here we go. So under, we're talking Frank Shiliano and either Matt Vince or Doug Buckin, who is the playoff MVP for the Lakers, by the way. Either one of those goalies and Frank Shiliano with a goal total of under 21 and a half. With a big stick and a small net. In game one of a, of a series, I think this is an absolute lock going under. So I like the pick there, Tino. Evan, you got Peterborough in game two, which you know also works out nicely for me. With Langley winning game one, or even losing game one by a goal, I think Peterborough wins game two and ties up this series or takes the 2 nothing lead. But it doesn't matter because I think Langley is winning game one. You got him on the money line in game two. I got the point spread in game one for the Thunder. You add it all up, 550, courtesy of our good friends at Cool Bet. You lay down 20 jumbo bucks on that sucker, and you're cashing out a Cool Bet return of $130. Go spend it now. It's coming in. I guarantee it this week here on episode 200. (laughs) Well, and and one thing to keep an eye out for here, they have already got series odds, so you can now bet on how many games it takes each team to win. Uh, There's some head-to-head matchups, like, for example, Connor Robinson versus Mark Matthews, who's going to score the other one. Yeah, Yeah, um, and there's some prop bets coming on individual games coming up here uh, how many points various people are going to get during the game so probably by the time this is released those might be up already. yeah keep checking back at coolbet.com they're going to be keep adding odds up as the week moves along game one goes friday game two saturday day off on sunday then three in a row and another day off if need be 
Oh, no, actually, they what do they do here? They do one and two day off games, three and four day off, and then three in a row to finish it off if it goes the distance to seven. And if you are a Chaos fan, geez, they are a plus 190 this week. Yeah, that might, that might warrant a little sprinkle as well there. on. Uh, and dogs are only a, on the over-under at 23 and a half. Right. They were 31 last week. So lots of tantalizing odds up there on Cool Bet. Yeah. Don't forget bonus code Lax Class. There's our Lax Class Lock of the Week. You're welcome. And now it's time for Report Cards. Settle down, class. Today is Report Card Day. Today is Report Card Day. It's Report Card Day. It's a report card. Settle down. It's a report card. Report cards brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Wrangler, you want to find Wrangler? Go to Stampede because they are the biggest dealer of Wrangler merchandise in Canada. Nobody else can say that except Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Kept thinking to myself, you know, while I was cruising around Edmonton there, I'd see a cowboy hat, and I thought to myself, those guys better have got that at Stampede Tack. Get a pair of Wrangler jeans, you can buy those at Stampede Tack as well. Check them out online. You will not be disappointed. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Or, if you're feeling frisky, head out there to the Dale of Clover. Uh, they've been there since 1966. Corner of Highway 10 and 180th. Proud sponsors of Lax Class Report Cards. I'm going to save mine for last because uh, I want to see what you guys come up with this week. And I, I could go in a multitude of directions. Tino, why don't you go first? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, let's start off on, on a negative note, shall we? So mine is go. Uh, it's going to be a D- minus to lacrosse social media. Thank, thank you for not just... Uh, giving out your D. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you, you caught wind of that last week. I, I take oh, it. I did. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's when Evan just wasn't having it. <laughs> um, yeah. So D minus to lacrosse social media as a whole, because if I see one more tweet with the eyes emoji, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I swear to team, God. Team and accounts you're even... talking here. Team accounts you're talking. Right now, and players do, man. Okay, okay, it's okay. players do. Like you'll you'll see a player that like uh, I, I don't know. Maybe there's nothing even going on, but they'll tweet the eyes emoji, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this guy tweeted some a, a pair of eyes." That like, what's the whole world is is crumbling? And then a team will. This is the worst of all of it. When a team will tweet the eyes emoji, and then they don't do anything for like three days. <laughs> Halifax. What? Halifax the hell is that? Jim Alice or, or, or they're signing somebody to a trial contract. Oh my God. <laughs> Philly did it too. <laughs> like I'm yeah, get any, get, let's get creative here. People do any other emoji ever, any, uh, anything else that exists. I would rather at this point tweet out a picture of your own eyes than that stupid eye emoji. If I continue to see this, I'm going to blow Tino, my mind. Th- Tino, this, this might be the most fired up I've ever heard you on the podcast. Oh and my God. And it's an emoji that has got you this riled up. This is amazing. It's a, sometimes, you know, like in, in the real world, sometimes I feel like George Casanza with the dumb things that get me upset, but this is now top of the list. I don't want to see this emoji ever again. <laughs> okay, T minus for the eyes emoji. Stop it, you lacrosse people out there. <laughs> wow. All right. 
heaven. What do you got? I don't know how you top that, Shemina. Well, I, I've got an F to NLL compensatory picks. You know, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. And I might be tripling down on this by now, but it's still happening, and this is ridiculous. Now, before I get to that, there's some people that are complaining about the fact that they're only broadcasting one round of the draft, and like for TSN and ESPN, that's plenty. Now, hopefully, I would love for them to do rounds two through six on YouTube rather than on social media channel so people can hear their names called but getting back to these compensatory picks there are eight of them now one of them is understandable it is vegas getting a compensatory pick at the end of the first round as a bonus for the expansion teams which every expansion team has got for the last while but the rest of these are for the got teams who lose free agents this makes no sense you know, you have this free agent, his contract's up, and as long as you don't sign another free agent of his talent, you're getting a free pick. You know, like the Rush are getting a, well, they had, they traded it away, the 23rd overall pick of the first round for losing Jeremy Thompson, right? Like, it's, it's just got to the point of ridiculousness. So as long as you don't sign somebody of equivalent value, you get this. And there was one ridiculous situation where, and it was under the old rules, I still think, but Vancouver signed Brett Mitski away from Saskatchewan. And the pandemic Saskatchewan hit. signed Matt Beers away from Vancouver, and they're both getting compensatory picks for doing this. It, it's stupid. Yeah. And the one thing about it is, is that when we look at the trade deadline, people are asking, well, why is there no activity at the trade deadline? The problem is, is that... The compensatory kind of picks end up, they be, they're worth more than the trade, usually. You have to compensate the team for the compensatory pick they're about to lose. So now the price tag for these rentals becomes too high, and that's what goes on. Just get rid of these compensatory picks, and let's get to a normal draft. Yeah, no other major league is doing it the way that the NLL is doing it, and I I couldn't agree more. It's just so confusing and convoluted on how who gets what and what they're worth. Like there, I don't know, even know if there's an equation on how they figure out what type, like what round to pick to give to a team and when to give it to them and all that. So I agree with you, Evan. I think uh, the compensatory pick needs to go bye-bye. It's not going to be this year, but hopefully in the future, things will change. Uh, speaking of the Vancouver Warriors, uh, Panther city with a little bit of payback. To the Warriors, if you'll recall, Vancouver went out and signed Anthony Kalinich after trying to deal for him with Calgary before Panther City selected him in the expansion draft. Vancouver ended up working out a trade with Panther City in the end, but they signed him to an offer sheet. Uh, Panther City returning the favor with one Kyle Killen, giving him a two-year offer sheet, which Dan Richardson and the Vancouver Warriors end up matching as well. I think they were going to try and sign Kyle Killen anyway, but... Um, they kind of got forced into doing that this time around and uh, probably a pretty healthy raise coming for mm-hmm. Kyle Killen this year, 40-goal man. So good on him. And uh, that, That's why you don't see it is that people are worried about the extra price tag that comes with the offer sheet. Because right. normally the guy that's giving out the offer sheet is either giving a higher salary, a lot of bonus money. Yeah to get that guy to sign in the first place. Uh, Also making a deal with the Philadelphia Wings, acquiring Jonathan Gallardi for a third-round pick, I believe. And uh, the reason they did this is because Troy Cordenley, very familiar with this player, 
and really likes what he brings to the table. So they go out and get Gallardi from the wings, a defensive transition guy, which I'm excited to see as well. And from what I can gather, uh, still a few more names to be released in the coming days here from the Warriors camp on some free agents that uh, will now become Vancouver Warriors. So stay tuned for that. Um, my report card this week... I could, you know, I, I said I could kind of go either way, so maybe I'll just mention both quickly. Just, you know, I'll give a, a B, a B plus, whatever you want to call it, uh, to all the players competing at the Presidents Cup this week. Like, the, I, we've talked a ton about it, so I don't want to go over it all again. But just what these guys go through to get through a week to try and win the Presidents Cup is absolutely astonishing. Like, for me, I call 14 out of the 25 games, but I'm sitting there talking. These guys are out there bawling, and, man, you just look at them at the end of the week, and everybody's limping and bruised up, cut up, and just exhausted at the end of it. So, B+, plus, A+, A plus, whatever. Shout out to all the ballers there at the President's Cup. But on the negative side of things, they played Lacrosse Canada rules all week long at the President's Cup, guys, and... I don't think they could play NLL rules at the President's Cup playing eight games in seven days with an eight-second count and no back over. Like, I just, I think guys would collapse on the turf, quite frankly, by like Thursday or something trying to do this. But after watching junior lacrosse and senior lacrosse and the National Lacrosse League for the past year or two, whatever it's been, with the, the new rules to speed up the game, to watch it the other way after seeing it like that for so long, it became so apparent to me how much different the game is with those rules. Like, I kind I must have counted 35, 40 possessions a game that would have been turnovers because guys couldn't clear in eight seconds. They went back over, pushed over the center line, or they took a bad shot that ricocheted back over center. It is so different uh, watching it the old way. I just, it made me long for the new rules here. And again, led me down the, like, make the change already and just make it happen here because everybody should be playing with the same rules. So, did uh, you run into a situation where, like, teams trying to kill their 30 seconds at the end of the game and they're literally passing it from the front end to the back end? Back oh, they the just goalie? play cat and mouse around, around the net. Yeah, You know what I mean? The guy's standing at the defender, standing at the top of the crease. The ball carrier standing in behind the goal, and he can't cut through the crease to check you. So they more or less just chase each other around the crease, and then they throw the ball down the floor. Yeah. And, you know, the slow clears and it just... Anyways, uh, I really hope the folks there at Lacrosse Canada can just figure things out where it doesn't take them three years to make a rule change, and everybody... Get on the same page with this. So a little bit of good and a little bit of bad there for my report cards this week. Uh, fellas, that was another monster episode. Evan, you got anything? I usually try and chime in with something late before I sign oh. off here. It's, it's episode 200. So yes, it is. Here's here's a question for you. Out of the t- all 200 episodes, oh, man. your favorite moment. Favorite Ooh moment on the spot that is that is a ridiculous question evan i don't, I don't have a sound effect for a ridiculous question but uh well, it has to be my first appearance right <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can't that think is, anything else that do you, obviously mind. evan you have one in your mind i i, I do oh, and to me. i I've, I've mentioned this before but it was the lunacy of episode two where you and i were making phone calls texts trying to find somebody from the league 
the ownership group that would talk to us because then nobody had ever yeah this is back when there was the labor dispute was happening and the owners were silent and you know first off once jamie agreed to do it to have to keep it quiet for about two days like like not a peep out of either of us so that it happened yeah but the lunacy of what happened to my phone an hour after that episode got released and i think the same thing happened to you i had at least 400 dms another 200 texts the phone was ringing i had a four-hour drive home from work that night and <laughs> like it's literally every 10 minutes i'm pulling over just to see what the hell else somebody is talking about you know players owners calling and but the thing was is that within 24 hours of that episode being released we went from season's probably done and in fact we both had the same source telling us the season was done to there's a deal in place yeah and what part that episode had in actually getting us a season i think it had something to do with it. well it just gave a, a chance for both the the pla to air their side and then the board and, and owners to air their side and i you know i would imagine that both sides listened to both sides and then thought to themselves okay maybe we should get back to the table and try and talk to each other one more time now that we've kind of heard them air out their grievances and and they managed to get something done so you know i like that that it's crazy to think about how long ago that was way back in episode two but i you know now that i'm thinking about you know, my favorite moment or here or whatever here on the podcast for EP 200. I think it's got to be more than just one episode. And I think my, my favorite conversations have been to the Hall of Famers of the National Lacrosse League and calls to the Hall. When we were looking for content ideas, let's not forget we did, you know, the greatest team, box across team of all time, the best fighter, box across fighter of all time. And then I think it was Bradley that came up with, with the brainchild of calls to the Hall where... We started to interview all the existing Hall of Famers from the National Lacrosse League in their entire league's history, and we ran them all down. We got every single one of them. And then the new class went in, and we started going down that list as well. And, you know, we'd never had John Grant Jr. on the podcast, and it took <laughs> it took some work for me to, to wrangle Jr. on to, to the show finally. But I'm pretty, pretty proud of that. Evan, you were a big part of that. Brad was a part of it. Jamie was as well. Um, to, to get every single NLL Hall of Famer on the podcast for a well-in-depth chat about their Hall of Fame career is something that is super special and, and near and dear to me. And, and now it's something that this podcast will continue to do with each Hall of Fame class that goes in. We'll get those guys on. And it'll just be a kind of a running series. So I think that's kind of been my favorite thing. You know, they're, they're Hall of Fame players on the floor, but as much as that, they're Hall of Famers off the floor as well. And those guys have been some of my favorite interviews to have. So I think if, if I had to rack my brain here, I think I can't just narrow it down to one moment or one episode, but the calls to the hall to me have, have really been special. Yeah. If there was a runner up, it would be the episode following when the Roughnecks won the title. Mm. Oh, and well, first off, Kurt literally being able to detail every last thing that happened in that last two minutes and overtime in like ridiculous We made Mouse cry twice on that episode. But that's the thing, both him and Dobie were choked up by the end of the interview. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. good. That's how much it meant though. Well, hey, I appreciate that little 
shout out there, Evan. And uh, here's to another 200, boys. Uh, I think we're just kind of getting started on this thing. Uh, again, a massive thank you to, to all our sponsors here. Uh, the bellies are, are done for the summer, but a shout out to them one more time. Stampede Tack, uh, all the sponsors over the years as well. Associate Labels, of course, G. Wilson Construction, The Warriors, Extreme Threads. We've had a bunch over the over the last little while and uh we actually have a spot or two open coming into this fall as well so if that's something you're interested in get at me um but rycor cool bet uh, associated stampede all our sponsors here on lax class have just been fantastic and that's really you know along with you guys what keeps this spot this podcast going is the support of our sponsors so in turn to the classmates uh listening in here you know support our sponsors that's how you keep this podcast going and don't forget to give us a follow on social media as well at lax class on twitter at lacrosse classified on instagram we got a facebook page and email address lacrosse classified at gmail.com evan is at shemlax tino is at ferratino i'm at pxp for sports of course you want to subscribe and put down a review wherever you're listening to this podcast right now that really helps our listenership and engagement through all social media platforms so please do that you might not think it's a big deal but it really is subscribe and review and that was episode 200 wow uh big thanks to logan shuss of course to you the listener we thank you so much for Tuning in each and every single week here on Lacrosse Classified. It's uh, it's so fantastic to know we have so many people listening to this podcast, and I can't thank everybody enough for doing it, and especially to you too. Evan and Tino, thanks for helping out on the pod each and every week as well. We're back next week, every week. EP 201 is next, and we'll talk to you then. For Evan Scheminar and Tino Farah, I've been Jay Kelly for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy and stay classified.